Hey guys, it's uh, the Super Divorce Supercast. It's Nick Villars here. And Bender. On Bender. With Bender. <laughs> Bender was just telling me about an amazing tattoo idea. Yeah. You want to... I feel like you should just... It's the intro to the show, but I feel like you should tell... It's the intro. Okay, well, okay, so... Uh, we'll intro this show by saying I'm I'm gonna get this tattoo, okay, of Bender from Futurama, but he's gonna be the girl version of Bender, and then he's gonna be dressed as John Bender from The Breakfast Club, and then he's gonna be drinking a lot of alcohol. So and it's going on you, and it's going on me. I'm I'm getting it tattooed on my butt, literally. So. At the end of the day, I'm getting a gender bender bender dressed as bender on a bender tattooed on bender. And you know what's extra funny? If you guys follow me on Instagram, you know my Instagram name is bender butt and I'm getting it on my butt. So it's pretty funny. That, that's like, I, I don't know what do you even call that. It's, somebody commented on my Facebook post about it and said it was benderception. Yeah, that might be the most, I don't know how many levels are there exactly. Like seven. <laughs> but I don't know if anyone's gone that deep with a tattoo before. I, I, don't, I don't think so, but I'm going to do it. That's just, I live for puns, and I can't, I can't pass that up, you know. I'm so glad that you're doing that. Yeah, uh, it's going to happen. So we have a good show lined up today. Yeah, we have a, a good unplanned show lined up. We're going to talk about a lot. And it's like, in the, in the show, I think uh, we talk about um, uh, like a giant size issue or double size of a certain comic book. I feel like this is almost like a, a giant size or double size episode of our podcast. Yeah, kind of. I mean, we talk about comic books get you a little bit prepped for super fanatics we talk about movies we talk about why i don't like comedies we talk about uh, haunted houses haunted houses coming up we talk about our new album both new albums both what else we talk about video games today what what type of beer were we drinking? Yeah, you, I know that's what everybody's thinking. What kind of beer were we drinking? So it's it's a it's it's a special unplanned double sized episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. A magnum size. Magnum. <laughs> we talk about condoms too. Yeah. <laughs> but be sure to listen to us on iTunes, SoundCloud. If you have any apps for podcasts, and definitely check out superdivorceme.com where you can find links to all our amazing things. And it's your one stop shop for the Super Divorce Superverse. And the Super Divorce Superstore. And the Superstore, which only has one item right now. It's not so super at the moment. It's more like the Super Divorce Mediocre Store. (laughs) (laughs) Super Mediocre Store. (laughs) Super Mediocre Store. There's one item that you can buy. But you can still buy it. Yeah. So that's more More than some people have. Yeah. Um, And it's going away soon. So that's kind of super. Special edition. Yeah. We'll sign it. We will. For you. 
If you order one, we'll just sign it. Yeah. Even if you don't want us to. I'll slap my dick on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants it. Probably that. not. That's, now no one's going to buy it. Well, if anyone out there wants a dick slap from Bender. Uh, on their album. On their album. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm so, just going to slap people in the face with it all yeah. the time. What? What are you, uncivilized? <laughs> of course you won't slap them in the face with it. You'll just slap your dick on their CD. Not even on their... Like, you give them a slap on the wrist. But yeah, uh, check us out on those places. And then um, I'm doing a streaming show on Twitch. Yep. Playing video games every Monday and Thursday night. And... You can uh, look me up at NB0816. Show's called Super Tokens. I also post about it on our Facebook page and in the Divorce Club. If y'all subscribe to that, and y'all are members, yeah. And so, if y'all aren't, then y'all should be. Yeah. Find us and watch us and listen to us. And there's all kinds of stuff going on. And uh, we have an Instagram. Follow yeah. us on Instagram, Twitter, Super Divorce, Super Divorce. It's, it's just everything. It's everything. It's we're all over the place. You we're cannot everywhere. you cannot escape the super divorce. We're all over the place, spraying super divorce everywhere. So slapping dicks. Slapping dicks. Alright. Enjoy, Enjoy the, the show. show. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. makes sense it sounds more like a porn term yeah a hard know. start like guys are watching a video yeah and he's just already got a <laughs> raging boner <laughs> um yeah what did you say first i think you said did you say dry dry start yeah i don't know that that could be a porn thing that yeah wouldn't be good no you wouldn't want to run it hard and dry. <laughs> a, dry. a hard, dry start. <clears throat> That's no good. Let's just call this one an unplanned start. Yeah. Avoid all that. Cold is pretty PG. Yeah, cold. Cold start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here we are. Um, just chilling, I guess, today. Yeah. As usual, uh, we have a new beer this week. Yeah. Bender has brought over the uh, the Jacko Traveler pumpkin shandy. Yeah, I figured I would keep the fall pumpkin beer theme going, you know, while it's available. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's kind of like our version of the pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's from the Traveler Beer Company. Yeah, I don't know if I've had any Traveler before. I don't know, but I bought this just because of the way the bottle. It's pretty cool. It's cool design. Yeah, I like it. It's very, it's almost like classic Halloween kind of, you know, 
which that's kind of how the uh, the labeling for last week's beer was as well. Yeah, if I recall correctly. Yeah, a little. I want. I think it would be fun to find a beer that was like a you know a pumpkin ale or something, but it just had like horrible gory, like horror movie moments. Yeah, on all the <laughs> bottles, like. Like, they just toss the classic 50s Halloween out the window, and they're just like, this shit's scary. Drink it. I feel like there's probably some company out there that's done it. Yeah, somewhere. Small microbrew. Like, I'm surprised Rob Zombie doesn't have a beer. Seems like he would. Yeah. That would be really cool. Like, even Jimmy World has had their own beer now. I know, not personally, but there's a, there's a comic book artist that I... I've met once at a convention, and he like has his own beer, and he just is a comic book artist. Maybe we'll have our own beer at some point. No, I think that's gonna happen. Might as well. Yeah, trying to do everything else. (laughs) (laughs) There's no limit to what we're capable of. We'll be like Kiss. Yeah, we'll have condoms and and action figures and beer and fine china, like any sort of memorabilia you can imagine yeah. stamping with you know someone's brand our face we'll do it yeah that's... i have no shame about that no i would love to hand out super divorce condoms yeah that'd be fun at shows just have a you know like a whole tub of them on the, on the i'm gonna look table. into that let's do it that would be hilarious because i guarantee you there's like a website where you can just order something printed on anything yeah or I was thinking like like a condom retailer mm-hmm. who just like has an option where it's like, want your own custom design on condoms? Yeah. Click here and yep. it'll be like we're order do it. 100 or 500. You better do it fast before somebody steals the idea yeah, I'm talking about on the podcast. Every other band will start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> then when we finally start playing shows, be yeah. like, you guys copied off everyone else. Either that... Or we'll be fine because nobody listens to the podcast. Yeah, that's true too. You know, except for this one idea, we'll somehow like get this out. One, just this one, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Speaking I, of, oh no. Go, well, I was gonna say, I guess speaking of Rob Zombie, um, I don't know if I mentioned it to you in the last cast or anything like that, but we're going to see uh, an advanced screening of his new movie. Yeah, you told me that I think a few weeks ago. Yeah. That's uh, next Thursday. So, yeah, because I was interested in trying to go, and then I remembered that I was going to be out of town. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks I'll, really cool, though. I'll let you know how it is, I guess. I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm sure we will. It's going to be awesome. Well, plus that weekend is Horror Hound. Or mm-hmm. not, uh, well, Days of the Dead. It's both, but I'm going to Days of the Dead. I was looking at Horror Hound's lineup coming up, and it seems pretty solid. It got better. Yeah, like, I know the guy from uh, the guy who directed House and Monster Squad is going to be there. Oh, really? Yeah, I I noticed again. Tony Todd will be there. Yeah, I saw that. And he's really cool, but I've met him before, so it's not like I almost was like super stoked because I thought that Robert Kirkman was going to be there. Oh, yeah. And I was like, fuck yes, I'm going to get like. Outcast signed and shit, mm-hmm. and then it's Robert Kurtzman, <laughs> who's like a who's a special effects artist. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck!" I was so excited for a minute. But yes, David Arquette's gonna be yeah at that one, mm-hmm. which 
They're like, yeah. Uh, eh, scream. If I had a WCW championship title, I would have him sign it. <laughs> I don't know if you know or not, but he was WCW champion really? at one point. Yeah. Like before movie stardom? Or no, after? like when he was David Arquette, the actor, like in 99, yeah. 2000. It was like right before. It was when WCW was going downhill very mm-hmm. quickly. And they had some storyline. It was totally absurd, but David Arquette won their world championship. <laughs> And it's like Billy Corgan being involved with whatever or owning whatever he owns. Now. Well, less legit than that because yeah. Billy Corgan's actually like he's done good things with that company. Yeah. David Arquette becoming WCW champion was like <laughs> probably the worst. Did he thing. even have a match or did they just kind of. Yeah, he had some matches. Or I think he might have had one match with the title or something like yeah. that. Yeah. He wasn't around for a long time or anything. It was like a fluke deal. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, David Arquette's the new champion. (laughs) That's stupid. Yeah. But he got Courtney Cox, didn't he? For a time. And now he does not. Yeah, now he doesn't have Cox, but... But it's probably... (laughs) I don't know. I hate to be this type of person, but like... I don't know. Some of the things that celebrities do to themselves, like as far as plastic surgery she looks terrible uh i didn't see her recently she doesn't even look like the same person you know who else didn't look like the same person after plastic surgery was uh portia what's her face from arrested development she's married to ellen degeneres i can't uh portia it's like some de la rossi or something like that i don't Mm -hmm. know but she she played uh, the sister in Arrested Development. She had blonde hair for like the first two seasons. You know, she's like pretty. Mm-hmm. And then like between se- season two and season three, like got a ton of plastic surgery and looks horrific afterwards. It's crazy. I just don't get it. I, I don't either. And so many women who do it, they, in my opinion, look great beforehand, mm-hmm. and then afterwards, it's like. I don't know, it's, it's, they always end up looking like a mannequin or something, you know, the face just gets like all stretched and it looks very tight, and Courtney Cox, like her eyes look really, really strange now. Really? It's creepy. Hmm. Renee Zellweger is another one who had a bunch of work done, and she doesn't look like the same person anymore. I don't know if I've ever, I don't pay enough attention to Renee Zellweger. You know who I, I do, I did notice though, and kind of, not as it was happening in quote-unquote real time mm-hmm. but i watched it happen subtly was kylie jenner because i watched keeping up with the kardashians oh yeah and she like as soon as she hit 18 it was just like a whirlwind of procedures uh, and now she just like weird like yeah. just weird looking well that's I, I think that's a good way to describe it People just end up looking weird. Yeah. Like they don't look like humans anymore. Yeah. Because she their looks face disproportionate. Is, yeah. It, their face usually gets like stretched and pulled mm-hmm. in ways that no one else's face <laughs> happens to be. So you can pick it out when you look at it. It's just like something unsettling about it a lot of times. Yeah. You know? I'm not talking about like um, subtle things like oh, someone has a nose job done or something. Even right. that can be disconcerting at times and look weird but I don't know um, Courtney Cox 
I was gonna say she she was like one of my first crushes ever. Yeah. From uh, when she was in Masters of the Universe, the movie oh in the eighties with Dolph Lundgren, uh-huh. and she looks beautiful in that movie, and it makes me sad to go back and look at her now because it's just like it's not the same. It's like nineteen seventy eight Michael Jackson compared to like nineteen ninety seven. Right. And I know he had other things, but whatever. But the comparison is valid. Yeah. No matter what yeah, condition they, he had. You end up looking like a different person. Yeah. And also not like a person at all. Plus I mean, he wasn't a good person, so you can make fun of him more. Oh more. yeah. He was a terrible person. Well. But that's I've never hung my baby off the window <laughs> <laughs> or you know taped it well, yeah that's true <laughs> oh my gosh I have like nothing going on oh did I tell you about the PlayStation Humble Bundle that I got no I didn't mm-hmm. no shit well you know of hum- Humble Bundle yeah they partnered with I guess Sony and Capcom and did like a you know a, a, a thing or whatever, and I spent I only donated fifteen dollars, and I got I got uh, the Resident Evil One and Resident Evil Zero, like the GameCube versions, mm-hmm. the HD remakes for PS4. I got Strider on PS4, which is much like old-school side-scrolling ninja game. Uh, and then on PS3, I got Lost Planet 3, Mega Man 9 to 10, uh, Remember Me, The Devil May Cry HD Trilogy Collection, uh, and, like, three other games. Damn. I only spent 15 bucks. It's a good deal. Yeah. It's legit. Oh, Street Fighter 2 Remix mm-hmm. and Super Street Fighter uh, Puzzle Quest or whatever. Oh those as well that's pretty cool yeah it's it pretty awesome I have a lot to play now Where, did they have that like on PSN or what Where'd no my, my buddy just like messaged me on Facebook and he was like hey this is happening and then I just went to humblebundle.com mm-hmm. I don't know how it works like for consoles so what do they do uh, you donated the money and then they sent you an email with a verification code and then you would like you went to the website and like collect codes or whatever and you would enter the verification and then it just popped up with a whole list and you just went down one after the other and clicked redeem and then it generated a PSN code. Oh. You just went to PSN, typed it in, and it was like, this is valid for this game and download it. Pretty cool. Yeah. Did you check like how much <clears throat> in savings you received like if you would have bought all those games? I spent $15 exactly. Yeah. Resident Evil HD remake alone is twenty dollars. Damn. So well, it's, I mean, it's a good deal. Yeah, it was. It's it's like I got those games for like pennies. Yeah, basically. I uh, I don't know if you got a chance to check out the stream at all last night. I tried, and my phone was just not. It's not letting me. Yeah. Do shit with Twitch. Well, it. It was, would have been a bad night to try and watch anyway because yeah. there were some issues with the stream and buffering. And also, I found out after like 25 minutes that my mic wasn't picking up any of my audio. Yeah. You know, so that's annoying. I was like, 
you feel like a dumbass because you've been sitting there talking this whole time, but no one was hearing anything. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I saw Jess earlier, and she was telling me a little bit about it. And, and then I saw your post in the club that you're going to try against tonight. Yeah. I'll I'll try to get on the watch. I I like was watching on my phone, and uh, you know for a while I was just clicking the links that you were posting, and it was a video was just popping up, and then I was going. Yeah. But I wanted to attempt to chat with uh-huh. you, you know. So there was like no options on the screen that I was on. So, but there was a button that was like switch to desktop mode. So yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just like do that and then be able to chat or whatever. Well, I clicked it and it made it worse. And also, like, I can't figure out how to get it back. Like, there's not an option to go back to mobile version. Is there, um, I'm guessing there's a Twitch app. Pa- I guess probably. I didn't even look. Okay. That's, that's true. I, you know, for like as long as I've had an iPhone, the, the convenience or the thought of like, oh, I wonder if there's an app that'll let me do this. Yeah. Just never, it never crosses my mind. I don't know why. Like, I don't use apps for a lot of stuff, I guess. I just have like movie tickets and pizza. Yeah. You know? It's like, <laughs> that's all I have. Yeah. I would look and see if there's a Twitch app. That's a good idea. But I'm, yeah, I'm going to try again tonight to play Land of the Dead, Road to Fiddler's Green on the original Xbox. I'm butthurt that nobody voted for, uh, what is it, Stubbs? Oh, yeah. Zombie. I was actually, I was expecting that to win because that game's really fun. Yeah. And I was looking forward to playing it because I haven't played it in years. I just hooked up my original Xbox um, in my office so I can start streaming older games. So, uh, on episodes of Super Tokens in the future, it's going to be pretty much open season. I'll probably pick, to start off with, like, three games from a system uh-huh. for people to vote on. And then after I've kind of covered each one, then I'll maybe mix and match. Yeah. Do, like, one NES game, one PS2 game, and, like, a PC game one week. Right. You can vote on and so forth. So, it's pretty cool to have... That opened up as an option now. Yeah. I uh, I was just at GameStop earlier and I pre-ordered the Rise of the Tomb Raider on PS4. Oh, yeah. When's that come out? I think either like October or November. Whenever it comes out is the 20th anniversary of Tomb Raider. Mm. Which kind of make I guess, like, for a while I was afraid like they were just never going to release it on PS4 because the original deal was like it was going to be exclusive to xbox for six months or something yeah i remember that and then like six months came and went and everyone's just like where's tomb raider like mm-hmm. i guess they realized that the anniversary is coming up so they just waited oh, okay but it, it's cool like i think the the 20th anniversary edition i want to say it comes with the other newest Tomb Raider game. Oh, it doesn't? Yeah, it comes with that, plus, like, I don't know, I want to say, like, an art book and kind of like a a walkthrough, a documentary about, you know, all of Lara's stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it's it's pretty cool. Um, so I'm excited that I, I got that. And then I pre-ordered Pokemon Moon. 
Oh. Or Lindsay, because she will play the shit out of that game. I've been on a big uh, Dead by Daylight kick when I've not been doing stuff. Oh, yeah. Show. Yeah. Are you, the game's really fun. Did you get a little, getting a little better at it? Yeah. Yeah, it's still tough, depending on, like, the person you're playing against, you know? Because sometimes you'll get out and, like, the the person playing the baddie doesn't even get one person. You know? Really? All the survivors end up getting out. But I played someone who was, like, super tough last night. I don't know if... Because I haven't tried playing as the killer yet. I've oh, still really? only played as, as a survivor. So I'm trying to level up this guy and see, you know, what different perks you can unlock, different abilities and things. I'm guessing there's stuff like that for the uh, the killers, too. Yeah. Because the guy that I was playing against last night, it was like he'd see me and I would escape and then he'd just be right back on top of me. Oh, my God. And, like, I was the last one left on my group. and um, But he was just, like, toying with me. He like he let so me creepy. He let me escape uh, and I like be across the map and you you get like the heartbeat that starts going when the killer gets near you and it wouldn't even happen. It'd just be like vroom, and I'd look and they'd be standing there oh just God. like not even trying to kill me. Just, just standing there but just looking like, at me. I got you. Yeah. I'm just waiting. And and the the killer in this particular scenario, I think it was like the uh the creepy nurse she almost looks like she's from silent hill okay uh but she like flies through the air she kind of glides and Uh she's got this hacksaw and she would just appear and let me run and then slash me and i'd be down the ground crawling and then she'd pick me up and like carry me near like a hook but then just drop me on the ground and let me start crawling away again oh my god (laughs) and like the uh the door to escape this map was open so I was just like crawling towards it and she let me get like right up the door and then pick me back up and then took me to like uh, another area of the map and dropped me again. And I was like, Oh my God, just fucking kill me or something. Yeah. And then it was so weird because she just let me go. Really? Yeah. And so like in the chat afterwards, I was like, thanks, I guess. <laughs> 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 I don't know if maybe like that person is just so good at the game that they get bored with killing everyone. It's like, yeah. well, just let one person escape. So they just want to like let out their like sadistic. I'm gonna toy with you. Yeah, you know, because you know at any point they could just you'd be done. Like, you're right. Yeah. So that that game seems intense. It it really is, especially if it's like down to the wire. Yeah. You know. So, if you have a PC, I would give uh, Dead by Daylight a try. If you like the kind of four-player co-op, and you're just playing against one other person who's playing as a killer, like from a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. So, Or you can wait for Friday the 13th to give it a shot on console. Yeah, yeah. Which also looks pretty cool. I haven't seen a whole lot about it, and I, I'm. it's like... As big of a horror fan as I am, like I'll, I'll probably get it, but I'm not. Sh- I'm really not sure I'm gonna like it simply because of the structure. Like I understand that you can't really form a full game out yeah. of Friday the Thirteenth, or you know most slasher movies, really. But well, they did on NES. They well, <laughs> and we all know how that turned yeah. out. But 
I don't know. I, I think I'll try it, but I'm just, you, you know me. I'm just not a fan. I don't like to play with other people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, such, I'm such a lone wolf gamer. It's Well, I, I feel like in that type of setup, I don't know, something about it, it gives you more, more of a sense of camaraderie. And you, I find myself True. caring more within a match. Especially if it's like down to you and one other person. Yeah, then like, like you kind of un, really, really try to work together to yeah. like get stuff done. And you like feel your heart sink if you're both trying to get out and then your buddy right. ends up getting hunted down and you just see him being dragged away. Oh <laughs> like hung up on a hook across right. the map and then you have this dilemma. It's like, fuck, do I try and escape or go back for him? And, you know, I've had it, you know, to where it's the other way around where I'm caught. And it's just heartwarming to see someone at the other side just about to leave, and then they decide to come back for you and try and help. And yeah. then you just both get killed. <laughs> <laughs> like, never works out. Yeah. But it's touching. Yeah, it's still nice. So, uh, what do you have you been seeing this stuff about how. No Man's Sky just kind of like bombed yeah. almost. Yeah. I'm, it's like I'm kind of disappointed, but I also like somehow fully expected it because that shit was hyped up for so long. Well, I know, and it never pulled me in really because to me, from what I saw anyway, um, I was expecting exactly what people are saying right now. Mm hmm. I don't know what, what exactly people thought the game was going to be because from what I could tell in the videos that I saw leading up to the game's release, it seemed like the product that, that people got. It's like you go around to different planets and just That's it. look at shit. And yeah. you can I heard you can like set up shops and there is combat. There are guns and stuff that you can yeah. find and make and all this other stuff, but it seemed to me more like it's just an exploration game. And yeah. so I was never really drawn into it because it was like, well, that sounds kind of cool. You can just leave planets and go and explore. Like if you were sitting down to play it for a few days, I feel like maybe you could just have fun with that aspect of it. Where it's like, oh, I've never played a game where you can just take off in your ship and leave one planet and go to any number of other countless planets uh -huh. in, the in the entire universe. But I mean, I don't know exactly what people are expecting, I guess, is my my complaint with the complaints. I think part of it is that, like, they did some of the videos and previews and things did make it seem like you could really interact with other people. Uh-huh. Because they were saying things like, you can, you know, choose how to live your life. You can live as a merchant. You can yeah. live as an assassin. You can live as, like, all this kind of stuff. You can be a pirate you can raid like uh space stations and you can raid blockades and things like that and, and so i think people expected there to be a lot more like pvp or even uh you know npcs that you could take out and stuff like that and it's really just boiled down to looking at animals yeah like there isn't a lot of space combat there isn't a lot of pvp you know well i think it's I... even i think it's even like nearly impossible 
to find any other person. So there's no way that you can just like start off in a, a group or something with one of your friends. I don't think like so. on their planet. As or... far as I know, I don't think so. Um, I, you know, was seeing some headlines and stuff. I read one article about how two players tried to meet up, and they were supposedly both in the same spot on the same planet, and like couldn't couldn't see each other at all. Hmm. Uh, and then I saw a headline recently that was like two players managed to meet up in No Man's Sky. But for the most part, you're pretty much like, from what I understand, you're basically just by yourself, just scanning animals and flying planets. And like, I don't know, I just, I never had like a strong desire to play it like you. Yeah. But I also feel like, I'm almost like disappointed for the people that are playing it. Like, I feel bad for them because that game was... Well, it's funny. I saw one of my friends on Steam. I just checked out his profile the other day, and I saw that he had left a review for No Man's Sky. And it was like, I spent two hours with this game, waiting and waiting for something, you know, and I pushed myself to keep playing it, you know, and it just didn't get any better. And it's just boring and blah, 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 blah. And then... Um, you know, he ended the review by saying, don't spend your money on this. Give the money to uh, a more worthy game by a more worthy developer or something like right. that. And then the next day I was, I was on my computer and I saw a notification pop up. That's like, this guy is playing No Man's Sky. And it's like, well, why the fuck are you still playing it? If you just left this shitty review and you talked about how you gave it time and it sucks. Well, then don't play it. I feel like a lot of people that bitch about these games, like, I don't know, just if it sucks, move on. Because yeah. there's so many games out there that you could play that are good. Right. I don't know. I'm probably going to start, or at least give Lost Planet 3 a shot tonight. Mm -hmm. I played the first one and I really enjoyed it, although it was pretty difficult because part of the premise of the game was when you were on this frozen planet yeah. and you were constantly losing health like mm -hmm. no matter what uh, throughout the whole game and you had to defeat enemies and then pick up like their they would drop this like oil or something that you would then you could convert to like sunlight and it was heat and that's how you like survive but it was a it was weird it was a constant struggle your health bar was just always always dropping mm-hmm and I think they kind of remedied that in the second one by sort of bringing you out of the ice and you were still kind of the same thing, but you weren't fucking losing health all the time. Yeah. So I, the only thing I know about Lost Planet 3 is I remember when that it came out relatively close to Dead Space 3. Yeah. And everybody was saying that the trailer for Dead Space 3 made it look like Lost Planet, and the trailer for Lost Planet made it look like Dead Space. And they're two fairly different games, right? in the sense that Lost Planet is a run-and-gun kind of action third-person shooter, and obviously Dead Space is very horror-based. Did you ever they, play the Dead Space games? I beat the first one. I love the first one, first and one the second great. one. I never played the third, but... Played the demo for the third and couldn't beat the demo, and I was like, "This is ridiculous!" Like, the the first two 
are probably some of my favorite survival horror games. Really, I, really good. Yeah. That, the first one especially. I mean... The I second one gets into a bit more action. Yeah. But the first one really had that, like, you're, you're fucked out here by yourself. Mm-hmm. This is desperate times, yeah. you know. Which was great. Because a lot of games that try to be survival horror end up just being action games. Mm-hmm. And they kind of missed the mark on that. That the first old... Dead Space really drove home the yeah. fact that, like, you're isolated, the odds are against you, and this game's going to be tough. Yeah. I'm surprised that I, you know, I'm surprised I beat it for how little I play. Especially survival horror. Like, I really don't... I, You know, again, as much as I love horror, horror games are very frustrating to me. You know, but I... I persevered through Dead Space, and I, I think I probably played it on the easiest difficulty, but I still had, you know, a little bit of a tough time with yeah. it. But it was awesome. I mean, I would play the second one. I, I should really give it a shot. Um, the only other one I've beaten is uh, Resident Evil 4, mm. which is the only game you mentioned, you know, a lot of times survival horror borders on that action. Yeah. I think... Not having played the other Resident Evil games, which I'm going to remedy here pretty soon, hopefully, uh, I really do enjoy... I enjoyed 4. I beat it multiple times. Oh, yeah. Straight through. 4 is so classic. It's, in my opinion, the best one in the entire series. Yeah. And, like, they did... I, I would say it's it's kind of like what they did with Dead Space 2. I don't think it's... It's, like, you know, it's a very different game than Dead Space 2, but the amount of action they put into it doesn't make it feel like you're playing Gears of War. You know? Right. Like, they really went that direction with 5, and then, from what I heard, I, I never played anything other than the demo for 6, but I remember working at GameStop, and they specifically were telling us the same thing they told us when Mass Effect 3 came out, which was like, if you see someone buying a Gears game, make sure that you uh, mention Resident Evil 6 to them. You know, because they're they're really trying to get the gears crowd, and I know that like they had the part of six that was Leon, and that was supposed to be like the survival horror aspect of it, and then the other parts were a little more action based. Uh, but anyway, four is perfect. Yes, in my opinion, it really is fantastic, and it's I you know thinking back I. It's a pretty long game, too. And mm-hmm. that's another one that I'm surprised that I stuck with as many times as I did. Because, like I said, I beat it multiple times. I mean, enough times to, like, unlock the rocket launcher and the typewriter. Yeah. The uh, machine, the Tommy gun. Yeah. Called it the typewriter. Yeah. But, so I was just like, I made enough money to buy both of those and they have infinite ammo. And mm-hmm. once I got that, I'm just, like, running through levels. Just, yeah. like, blasting things, blowing them up. And the mercenaries mode was a lot of fun. So much fun. Yeah. Oh my god, I loved Mercenaries. I kicked ass with, uh, I think, wasn't there one person that had a bow and arrow? Yeah. Um, it was the army dude. Krauser. Krauser. I yeah. kicked ass with Krauser. Yeah, that, was, that thing was great for just popping off headshots. Uh-huh. Left and right. And then he had that arm. Yeah. That, like, is when the wave with the big axe dudes would come, you mm-hmm. just, like, Cut him in half with the arm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, something that just blows my mind about the series after that is when that game came out, when 4 was released, 
it just was like nines and tens across the board from like every gaming publication. And then I don't know how you can go from that to like five, which was not horrible, but uh, it's not four. And then to six. And it's like you had a template for just perfection. If you would have just done this again (laughs) with like some new visuals, upgraded visuals, you know, for a, a new console, new console cycle, I mean, it would have been incredible, but... They tried to deviate too much, I think. But I think people, if you would have made the, you know, you use that template and you don't introduce enough new features, then people would have just complained, oh, it's just another four. Well, yeah, but I think that you can, look what Naughty Dog has done with Uncharted. Yeah. They really haven't changed that much, but where they have made changes, it's improved the game drastically. Right. But it's still, when you play Uncharted 4 and you go back and play the first one, you can see where it was headed. Right. You know, it's not like you get to number four and you're looking back at the previous entry. This is a completely different game. Yeah. Or like, why'd they change this and this and this? Everything, in my opinion, has been an improvement. Yeah. So, and I think whenever we get Last of Us 2, it'll probably be the same deal. I hope so. It'll probably play almost exactly like the original but they'll make improvements on things yeah. that, you know, need it, I guess. Yeah. Man, I want The Last of Us to go bad. Yeah. There's been no... There's all those rumors. I'm afraid it's going to end up like Half-Life 4. Or, ha- or Half-Life... Half-Life 3. 3. Yeah. Yeah, Half-Life 3. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought 3 was the one that had all the episodes. No, that was 2. two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid it's going to end up like Half-Life 3 where there's no no one saying we're not going to make it. I mean, I know Half-Life 3 supposedly is pretty dead at this point. At, at this point, I feel like the hype for it reached its max like several years ago. Yeah. Well, Valve said they like weren't they're not going to do it. Yeah. They don't they're not they don't want to make games anymore. They're done. You're not going to be Half-Life 3, so shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I worry about that with Last of Us 2 because it was the first one was so well-received. Like, yeah. you can't not deliver on the second one. But it sucks because I feel like the end of the first one was good enough that if it was the only one, that's it's not like you're really left asking a ton of questions, no. you know? Yeah, it would be fine it, unless they had a great idea for another story or how to continue it, I think it would be best to leave it alone. I think for until we get Last of Us Two, we're gonna have a spiritual successor in uh, uh, Days Gone. Yeah, that looks amazing. Yeah, that'll be fun. Like thousands of zombies. <laughs> I don't even know, man. Like, I don't. That's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough game. Uh, I wanted I want to bring up we were supposed to, or at least way back for the first podcast uh, in the divorce club, Mister Justin Ortiz commented asking us what we thought our favorite albums of 2016 were. Do you recall seeing that? I do. We have not addressed. Thank that. you for remembering that because yeah. that's something that we need to get and around to. He seems. I think he's a pretty loyal listener, so he deserves to be answered. So, 
best albums of 2016. I think uh, the first album that really caught my ear this year um, was the new Deftones record Gore. that came out. Yeah. I haven't heard it. It's amazing. Yeah. Just, yeah. Front to back, there's not, there's no downtime. There's not, there's, there's not a spot in the album that I don't look forward to, which are my favorite types of albums. Uh-huh. You know, I feel like sometimes a band can put out a record and it has like maybe a song or two that you love and one or two of those songs might be, I don't know, you might like them more than any of the songs on, uh, on another record that that same band put out. But you can also have a record that uh, just goes from front to back so smoothly and flows so well that you like the record as a whole right. better than you like those this two other song. songs you were talking about. You know, you just put it on. I, I just like that, you know, and I feel like I'm not the first one to bring this up. Plenty of people have, but these days in the uh, era of iTunes and and Spotify, you know, you, it's so easy to just go from one tune to another yeah. just with a click of the mouse or to buy one song instead of buying an entire record, you know. Um, it's a lost art in a way to just sit down and enjoy songs one through yeah. 10 or one through 12 or whatever. Yeah. And to get in your head how the album flows and to like anticipate when one song's over the opening notes in the next one, you know, it, I just, that's something I really enjoy. And going back to the, the albums of 2016, that Deftones record really did that for me. And, um, so I, I, I really love that one. Oh boy. I don't even know. I've been checking out a lot of new stuff, but I not necessarily albums from this year. Yeah. That's where I'm at because I, I don't, it's hard. I, I don't keep up on, on music necessarily, or I'm not constantly going out and searching for like the next new thing. Like I, I'm very, I mean, of course, I'm extremely open to listening to new things. I'm just not looking for it. I mean, I'm very set. I kind of have that, like, uh, that parent mentality where it's just like, I have my music mm-hmm. and, like, I'm fine with my music. Yeah, but, I understand. I've And I've consciously tried to remedy that myself. Yeah. Which is how I discovered Grimes. Which is who I was going to bring up because mm-hmm. she's fucking amazing. Yeah. Though I don't know if that if that newest album came out in 2016 or towards the end of 2015. I can't say for sure, but as far as albums that I purchased this year that are new, uh-huh. that would that would be on the list as well. Yeah, Art Angels is great. I uh, I think I've said this to you before, but I really want to fall. Musically, I want to fall somewhere close to uh, that song, Flesh Without Blood. Oh, yeah. Such yeah. a good song. It's an amazing song. I mean, that's the first one I listened to yeah. from her, where I was like, oh my God, this is fucking I great. mean, Kill V. Mame is great, mm-hmm. uh, and the video is incredible, but 
Flesh Without Blood is just like it is it's so classic pop. Yeah. But you get a little bit of that techno kind of mm-hmm. computery feel to it. It's so good. I've been very obsessed with that song recently. And of course, um the new Weezer album that came out this year, the White album. Yeah. I haven't heard a single song from that either. It's a really good one. I don't like it as much as their previous album they released in uh, 2014, uh-huh. but it's still awesome. Mm-hmm. They're still continuing their streak of proving everyone wrong. I remember reading this article, I think it was on Pitchfork, which... Fuck, fuck Pitchfork, Pitchfork. Yeah. yeah. I can't stand Pitchfork. It's the most pretentious fucking review site in existence. Uh, it's absurd. But anyway... Um, I, I believe it was Pitchfork that several years ago, I think it might have been like 2012, maybe earlier, mm-hmm. I think they had uh, they had published an article about like raising money to get Weezer to stop making music and break up. Yeah. Like the, I'm, it was like a joke article, but they're like, we should start a crowdfunding campaign to raise millions of dollars to give to Weezer so they'll just stop making music because they put out a string of, of some pretty shitty records, you yeah. know, which I'll even admit as a fan. I don't hate them, but in the pantheon of Weezer albums, like uh, starting at uh, Ratitude and then Hurley, and then they had one called Death to False Metal, which was kind of like a just a mishmash of stuff that didn't get released. Uh, those were dark times as a Weezer fan. <laughs> but then yeah. they released Everything Will Be Alright in the End, which was like a true return to form and is my number two favorite Weezer album, actually. And I think that says something. I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel it's it's pretty rare that a band who's been around for like nearly 20 years that late in their career will release an album that you will like put at number two or number three. I mean, I can, I mean, the only band that I could say that I would do that with is probably AFI. But at the same time, they didn't hit that commercial, you know, sort of, uh, recognition until they were like six albums in or four albums in or whatever it was. I mean, Misery and Cantaria is like their swan song, you know? Mm -hmm. And then to release December Underground right after it is just like genius because both of those albums are so good. And it's like, I love, you know, Art of Drowning and I love Black Sails and everything, but it's, it's also totally different music. Yeah. You know, and then I like... Crash Love, and I haven't heard a lot from, I think, Burials. Burials, yeah. But I, I, the one song about, like, being 17. 17 Crimes. It's so good. Yeah, that's a mean, great song. I mean, Burials, I can tell, like, has the good potential to be, like, a pop rock album, much like Crash Love. But Burials was a, quite a bit darker than Crash Love. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, or at least I, I got that impression, I would say. But, so, I think, you know, that's that's kind of the only band where I would be like, oh, yeah, they've been around for so long, but what they put out late, quote-unquote, in their career 
is what I consider to be their some of their best work. Yeah, it's it's cool to see bands do that though. Yeah, and not just like fade into lameness where you can tell in certain groups like I don't know, for example, a band like Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> they don't they they're a cheesy band kind of, but like at least the stuff that you that you want to think of when you hear that that band name like is their classic stuff yeah you listen to what they're making now and it just sounds like light rock yeah you know? like very safe very very kind of mellow and but not mellow in a good way just like they yeah. they forgot how to rock you know <laughs> and it sucks yeah i you know i i guess i could also say with uh it's not a 2016 album i don't think uh but 2015 late 2015 um motion city soundtrack's newest album panic stations was for me was really a return to the commit this to memory era i mean because they've they've really kind of maintained a good consistent sound throughout their career but you know you can tell that like uh some of their albums are definitely more poppy and sort of produced and they had one album that was very subtle like indie rock Mm -hmm. type deal but panic stations for me really uh emulated commit this to memory which i think is their best album um i think a lot of people are with you on that yeah i mean it's every song on that it's the one everyone knows yeah it's just i'm not a huge motion city guy but i know like every song on that album yeah i mean it's it's eight 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, every song is just like one of those, you know, ratings. It's so good and it's so classic and they really kind of burst onto the scene with it. Um, but I think I think Panic Stations had that same kind of feel. It wasn't quite as good, but it was much different than the previous album they had released. So as far as, you know, favorite albums or things so far, at least recently, within the last year, uh, Motion City has to be one for me. I also throw in Say Anything's newest album. I still haven't heard that. I yeah, need you to need to check that one that out. Up. I'm I might have downloaded it even, and I just haven't like you know committed to listening to it. Especially recently, I've been so uh, obsessed slash caught up with just enveloping myself in pop music. Yeah, you know, because I really want to. To start to gain those influences and things. Yeah, so new music, I think that's it's probably about the size of things. Like I said, I've been listening to a lot of new stuff, but not a lot that's particularly come out in 2016. Yeah. So, I don't know, I, I, I became a huge David Bowie fan within the past six months or so. And there was a period of a couple months where I think that's like all I listened to. And there's such a catalog there that you can get caught up and oh, yeah. just trying to explore. Um, but I mentioned Say Anything. I just uh, saw that... Did you ever listen to Two Tongues? I know. I know them. I um, when, uh, when I was dating one of my ex... Exit. She listened to them, mm-hmm. uh, 
And it's the it's Max Bemis and then the vocalist from Saves the Day. Chris Conley. Chris Conley. Yeah. But they just announced that they've got a new album coming out. Yeah. And they're doing a, their first tour as yeah. well. That's pretty cool. Probably it's probably something I would see if it yeah. came if it came around. I think mm-hmm. they're gonna be in Cleveland. At oh, the that's Grog the closest. Shop. Oh, mm-hmm. I've been to the Grog Shop before. Yeah, I was just looking at their tour dates earlier today. But the first album they put out was really good. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of out of nowhere because I, I think that came out in like 2009. It's crazy. To think yeah, it's, it's been, been, so it's long. been a while. Yeah. So that's that's the new music scene, I guess, from us Yeah, it's, I mean, it was, yeah, I, I feel kind of bad, like, for, you know, for Justin. Like, it was a great question, but, you know, I don't know how, you, you know, you said you really push yourself to find new music and things mm-hmm. like that but yeah me specifically i'm very kind of set with like if and i've said this thousands of times on the podcast but if i can just like have my chemical romance every day yeah or motion city every day or you know older stuff like the violent femmes or uh i listen to the dead kennedys a lot like i have just a couple bands that i'm like do i want to listen to punk music dead kennedys do I want to listen to emo music? Boom, My Chemical Romance. Like, pop rock, Motion City soundtrack. Like, I have one band for every mood I could possibly want, and I just kind of stick to that one band. Yeah, I mean, I can run down a few more that I've that I've been listening to recently. Uh-huh. It's not going to be stuff that came out this year, but I mean, um, you know, I'm just like doing shit around the house, and I'll put on John Carpenter's station on spotify yeah because you can i mean you can listen to like the entire escape from new york soundtrack and it's just like john carpenter's creations playing for you you know and uh the it follows soundtrack that you got me i've been if i'm not like playing something on the computer i've just been putting that that record on yeah you know the other day when we were listening to that uh after i gave it to you, you know, we opened it and stuff, and we're listening to it, and just talking, and hanging out, and I think you were checking out, uh, Dead by Dawn, or Dead by Daylight, yeah, sorry, uh, it was really awesome to have that in the background, like, because it kind of fades in and out, you know, Mm -hmm. like you would, I guess, assume most movie soundtracks would, but every once in a while, you just get, like, these crazy, you know, like, screechy synth parts or yeah. these weird, you know, rumblings and it was really, really cool to just like have at a low volume in the background. Yeah. That's an awesome soundtrack. Thank you again for that. Yeah, no problem. And and as far as like the synth wave stuff goes, like I think we might have talked about on the last show, um uh Carpenter Brute. Yeah, we talked about Carpenter Brute a little. Uh, there's another another project. I don't know how many people these groups are usually comprised of. I haven't looked them all up, but yeah. one band, if you want to call it that, or a guy, Mitch Murder, is another cool one. Um, Kavinsky, of course, uh, and you know, in the realm of pop, I've tried, like I told you, to to immerse myself in current pop music a little more and 
a lot of what I've listened to, I just saw as crap. Like, really? I'm, I've got an open mind, you know. That's how I discovered Grimes. I, I just looked up one day top selling albums of 2016, and I was going through. It brought up like, uh, like 50, like the top 50 or something. And I was going through and checking out like each artist on down the list, and one after another, I was just like, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. A lot of it just sounded lame to me. And then you see, especially like Ed Sheeran and that kind of shit, and it's just like, what in the fuck is this? It's sa- it, that to me sounds like stuff that should be on like your your local light rock station. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are especially like teen, teen girls. girls listening to this? It's just lame, you know. Um, but Grimes, uh, what's the other one that Josh Schroeder turned me on to? Uh, I think I sent you the video, didn't I? With like a cowboy dude who like he kidnaps a girl. Basically, the video starts with him chasing a girl through a field, and then he like ropes her up. And there's like a dance number at the end yeah. or something. Yeah. I cannot remember at all. But it was like a three man band, wasn't it? Or something like that. I think they're called like Don Brocco. Yeah. Or something like that. I think it might be. Yeah. But I, I really yeah. liked the two songs that I heard from them. And I just, they were both videos. So I haven't like delved into their catalog or anything. Uh-huh. But I, I was impressed by their sound because it was very poppy. But it also. Didn't seem generic. Don Don Brocco, everybody. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Look up, look up Don Brocco, and look up the song "Everybody." That's that's uh, who we were trying to get at. Here. Yeah, that was good. I need to rewatch that and kind of re, you know, rediscover that band. And it has the guy who uh, starred in the Too Many Cooks video. <laughs> Have you ever watched that? Didn't you say that you never did? I never saw Too Many Cooks. Oh. So good. I, I didn't even say so. <laughs> oh, man. So, what else is going on? Yeah, nothing really. Just, uh, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming up. At least I have a lot of stuff coming up in September. Just conventions and my birthday. and the I, I, We still haven't bought tickets, but we're trying to see the used at Bogarts, or at least I'd really like to. Um, so that's still kind of up in the air. They just announced yesterday that John Heater is going to be at Days of the Dead. Oh, really? So I'm like super pumped to meet Napoleon Dynamite. Is he going as Napoleon? Yeah, I don't think he's like dressing as Napoleon or anything, but he is going to be there. Sometimes the celebrities offer photo ops in costume, and I don't think he's doing that because he was just announced. Uh, but I'm excited. He he was just at another convention that was within reach, and I didn't get I didn't make it out there. Uh, so I'm glad that he's coming to this one because. I remember when Napoleon first came out and he was doing a bunch of press dressed up as Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) (laughs) That movie, you know, that movie came out and I remember seeing the previews for it and just like wanting to see it but not knowing why, Mm -hmm. you know. I honestly, I wanted to see that movie 
based solely on the scene where the and it was in the preview the bully comes and pushes him up against the lockers and then like walks off camera and like three seconds later napoleon just sort of kicks at him you know (laughs) i was like whatever this is about like i have to see this movie and then i remember it came out and like of all people I was in high school, I was a freshman in high school, and my religion teacher, who was just, like, the sweetest, but also the most, like, decrepit old man, mm-hmm. you know, like, had a walker, and just, like, I don't know what he was doing teaching at that age, <laughs> but he saw it somehow, and just, like, thought it was fucking hilarious, like, talked about it in class all the time about how everybody needed to go see Napoleon Dynamite because it was so hilarious or whatever. And then finally it was out on video and we were at Blockbuster, you know, to the young ones listening, there used to be stores where you could rent DVDs, much like Redbox, but they were on shelves in physical form in a store, in a store solely for that purpose. And we're at Blockbuster and we picked up Napoleon Dynamite and took it home and watched it. And I remember that I watched it the first time and I was just like, what the fuck? You didn't like it? Ser- yeah. I was just like, seriously? What? I didn't get it. I just didn't get it, you know? But then that same day, uh, I think my dad came home from work and we watched it again. And the second time I watched it, I just thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Like, I got it all of a sudden. Yeah, I was somehow. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, well, maybe you hadn't seen a comedy like that before. You probably hadn't. Yeah, probably not. Not at that age. That. I was only, I was probably 14 or 15. Yeah. You might have still been, like, looking for your Kevin James type comedy. Probably. Uh, yeah, something relatively slapstick, yeah. you know. Yeah, I don't I remember laughing harder at that movie than I had ever laughed it's, at anything before. Yeah, it really Especially cuz I saw it in theaters. Oh, I bet. And it was like I I've, I've never and I don't think I've laughed like that out at theaters since. I don't see many comedies. I don't either. There's so movies, but it's so I feel like making a classic comedy is so difficult nowadays. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's like, and and I'm kind of stuck in this spot where like I go back and watch some of the older stuff, and I don't really think it's that funny. Yeah, you know, because I don't know, I didn't grow up on it, or the humor is different, you know, than it was in the eighties. I well, thought I some of it has to have. I don't know. Some of it has more to do with like the charm of the movie than it being like. Just Outright gut funny. wrenching, funny, like keeled over, hilarious, right. laughing. I think there's a certain charm to a lot of those older movies where even if you're not cracking up the whole time, you enjoy watching them. Yeah, I mean, Weekend at Bernie's is a prime example. Yeah. Like, I, I've not seen a lot of 80s comedies, but I watched Weekend at Bernie's, and yeah, you're right. I wasn't like rolling on the floor, but I laughed a lot. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was funny, you know, and I was, I genuinely enjoyed watching it. But I think the last time I was at a movie theater and was, like, just busting a gut was when I saw Role Models. Yeah. And I, I I had no expectations for that movie. I didn't know what it was going to be like. The previews did a great job of keeping a lot of the jokes out. Mm-hmm. And 
I saw role models and I just remember just wholeheartedly, you know, just guffawing yeah. in the in the audience because it was just so funny. I think I laughed quite a bit at theaters when I saw Pineapple Express. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Uh, also, Fired Up, uh, the movie where the two guys go to cheerleader camp. I never saw that. It's hilarious. It's a very funny movie. I laughed a lot in theaters watching that, too. I always hear a lot of good things about 21 Jump Street, and I didn't think it looked very good, but then I heard it's it's pretty like self-aware. Like, it's... I don't know. Twenty, I twenty one Jump Street. I feel like was, I know the one that's very self aware. People were saying that about Twenty Two Jump Street, the second one. Yeah, they were saying that one was very, very aware that it was a sequel, and they played on that, and it was hilarious. I saw Twenty One Jump Street, and it was like, it was pretty funny. You know, it was all right, but I wasn't like. Did you see Neighbors? No, I wanted no. to. I watched that several months ago. And I enjoyed it. It's a good one. I usually like Seth Rogen movies. I do so. too. He's funny. I mean, uh, I liked uh, This Is the End a lot. Oh, that movie's incredible. It's great. It's a great movie. I didn't know anything about it either. Really? So, I'm, I'm not even going to spoil it. Yes. Yeah. If, if you I mean, haven't seen This Is the End, watch This Is the End. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. It's got so many great people in it, too. Yeah. It's an all-star cast. Uh-huh. Really, Even really though some awesome. of them might only appear for five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that whole, the whole party at the beginning of it is just great. Yeah. The way Jonah Hill acts is amazing. Yeah. I love, I think I love James Franco's character in that movie the most. Yeah. Man, I it's comedy is such a weird genre for me to like watch because I really feel like it maybe it's maybe it's because I'm you know I've chosen horror as my like number one genre but even if a horror movie is like kind of bad you know I'm not always like mad I watched it or anything like it's still like oh well could have been better mm-hmm. or whatever but I don't know. I feel like if a comedy movie doesn't make me laugh, I almost am just like, okay, that movie totally sucks. Well, I think the reason horror gets away with that especially is because horror is trying to be serious a lot of times. And when it misses the mark, it ends up being it funny. Up, yeah. It defaults into funny. Yeah. When a, when a comedy misses the mark... It's just, there's just nothing like, left. What's going on? Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's already trying to be funny. Right. So it has nowhere to go. Right. It just, it, it falls into boredom. So yeah, that's like the horror safety net, I feel. <laughs> it's like, if it's a great horror movie, it's a great horror movie. But if it's not, it's usually going to be... A great horror comedy. Yeah. Just one of those so bad it's good yeah. type of things. Um. Uh, I think when horror can fail at that is when it's extremely boring mm. and also bad. Yeah. And I've, I've seen a few of those and those are like dreadful to get through. Because right. I don't know. If, I remember back in the days of the video store and just go to like blockbuster Hollywood video and grab something based on the cover. Yeah. And you see something with like a 
shitty looking villain. It's like, oh, this is going to be fun. And then it's like one of those movies where the villain's only in it for like five minutes <laughs> and the rest is just like dialogue and uh, it's really boring and shitty and not even funny. And that's, yeah, that's a really unfortunate time for the viewer. Yeah. I was just at Vibacs earlier today and I was going through and I was kind of looking, you know, because sometimes you can find like cool older horror movies and stuff. I was walking down the aisles and I had like gone to buybacks with like $20 in my pocket and I was just like, you know what, I, I have this cash, like I kind of want to spend it on myself, so like let's go looking for something. And I was walking up and down the aisles and I couldn't help but just think to myself, I was like, if I want to buy a movie, I want it to be like a special edition and I know that there are like two or three websites that literally specialize in releasing you know remastered versions of these old movies and stuff and I'm like you know if I if I already owned it like I don't I don't even know if I'd have found a copy of like Sleepaway Camp 2 Maybe I would have bought it because I have the other two. Yeah. But at the same time, I could just go online to Screen Factory and get the Blu-ray with, like, limited edition cover art and lots of bonus features that aren't going to be on a DVD from Vivax. And yeah. So I was like, I, if I'm going to go back and buy an old horror movie, there's better ways to do it than find it at Vivax. And so I feel like, I don't know, I just, like, I mean, I saw your message, and that's when I left. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, like, I was probably just going to leave anyways because uh, nothing was jumping off at me. Like, even movies that I enjoy that I don't own, like uh, Constantine, which I know a lot of people hated. Yeah. You know, but I enjoyed it. Maybe it was the time that I saw it. You know, and I even saw, like, the two-disc special edition, Light It Out, which I always buy. And it was only like five ninety nine, and I was just like, meh. <laughs> well, maybe the way to do it is if you're going to... I, I feel like if you're taking a trip to a place like that with 20 bucks, you should only buy things that you know very little about. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing. There was a movie called The Dead Next Door. Uh-huh. And I was reading the back of it, and I've looked at it before, and it's like, you know, the classic gorehound, you know, movie returns, and... La la la, you know, the the back of the movie is just like this blood-soaked corpse and just lots of, looked like it had lots of crazy weird zombie effects and stuff. The front of it is a monster with like a chain mail like over his mouth, like he's mm -hmm. a, you know, rabid zombie dog. <laughs> so I like almost picked that up because that again, that was only like $6. Yeah. But... I don't know. I just, like, couldn't... Part of me was, like, afraid I was going to pop it in and it was just going to be fucking terrible, you yeah. know? It's it's weird. I want, I'd like to get back to buying movies on a more regular basis, but at the same time, I'm just like, well, we have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that uh, the one website you mentioned that does a lot of... Uh, Scream Factory. Is that what it is? Scream Factory, Shout Factory. I think it was Shout Factory. Yeah, they're all, they're yeah. all kind of the same. I'm, there's like a parent company, and then 
I think Shout Factory is the parent company, and okay. then like Scream Factory, and there's a couple others that kind of trickle down, but they all they're all owned by the same people. But I've been on a big Transformers kick recently with reading the Transformers versus GI Joe comic, mm-hmm. and I saw that Shout Factory is releasing the uh, a special edition version of the Transformers movie, like the animated the movie. animated the eighties yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to get that. I think it's coming out next month. It looks really cool. Yeah, if anybody out there is interested in buying movies, check out Shout Factory. They they fucking put effort into their DVD releases. They're a lot like uh, the Criterion Collection, really. Yeah. I mean, they go back through and they remaster all the movies, you know, like frame by frame from the original film if they can acquire it. And uh, just a lot of times they shoot brand new interviews with people involved in the movies and they have production galleries and you know rare footage and they they really really put a lot of effort into their releases they uh commission brand new artwork cover artwork uh almost every release and it's just really really good company i really respect what they do what's your favorite release from well to be honest you know i do uh as my, I, I I like them a lot, but uh, my favorite release has to be uh, or the only release that I own is Sleepaway Camp. So it's hard to really pick a favorite, and I'm probably gonna say all this again because Nick is on a break right now. So well, you know. What's your uh, What's your favorite special feature? I haven't gotten to the special. I haven't watched the special features on Sleepaway Camp yet. Okay. I know. I'm like talking a big game and then like not delivering at all. You've been exposed. I have. I'm a terrible fan. I just like talk about how awesome things are and then don't have the knowledge to back it up. (laughs) I really want, you know, but I I really do want uh, the burning release from Scream Factory because it's, you know, it's that other campground slasher movie that kind of fell under the shadow of Friday the 13th. The Burning? The Burning, yeah. What's the story with The Burning? Well, in The Burning, uh, it starts out with these three kids and they want to play a prank on, like, the groundskeeper of this of this summer camp and so they like they have something weird it's like a it's like a fake skull with a candle you know uh and they sneak into his room and they like light the candle and then they kind of put it next to him while he's asleep and then they like go outside and they tap on the window to wake him up and he wakes up and he sees this skull staring at him and he like whacks it and it sets his like it catches his sheets or whatever sets his bed on fire and then you know burns the whole little shed down or whatever and he survives but he's burned all over his body and then he goes he gets carted to the city and treated and then he goes back to the camp Kills everybody, yeah, yeah, kills them all, and he he uses uh 
like hedge clippers. Okay. That's like his, you know, his weapon of choice. And the movie, that particular movie, I feel like I might have mentioned on the podcast before, but that particular movie kind of falls into the shadow of Friday the 13th because this it's one of those where the summer camp is in full swing. So there's children in the movie and he kills some of the some of the kids oh. in the movie. And it's not like crazy brutal or anything, but just it's the fact that like it does happen. There's there's one particular scene where like fifteen people die or something and like you know, six of them are kids. At, you know, I don't know, young tween ages. What a meanie. I know. I know, but I think he gets it in the end, so... Uh, Jason Alexander is in that movie. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I I was wondering if one of the reasons it fell into the shadow of Friday the 13th was they didn't have Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Probably. In in ridiculously short shorts. It's funny because uh, Jason Alexander wears this short jean shorts. Oh, does he? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. And around the same time, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus would have been in Troll, I think. Really? Yeah. So, I don't know if, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the guy who played Kramer. I, I don't know, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I don't know if he did any horror movies back at that time. I love seeing like famous celebrities in horror movies, though. Like, you go back and watch Leprechaun with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Or uh, Halloween 6 with Paul Rudd. Right. <laughs> Johnny Depp in the original Nightmare, of course. Yeah. yeah. I think Brad... Is it Brad Pitt? Either Brad Pitt or Val Kilmer was in a really shitty horror movie. They both might have been. I can't remember. Hmm. I'd have to... I don't know. Think about that. I know, uh, I just had it. By the way, Michael Richards, I believe, is Kramer. Michael Richards is Kramer. I think so. I just had another (coughs) celebrity. Well, fun fact the girl from Halloween 6 and uh, I think Halloween 5, the little girl that dresses up in the clown costume, you know. That's Danielle Harris, who yeah. later went on to star in Rob Zombie's Halloween remakes. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. Like, it's it's neat that she was that involved with that franchise. Also, very, uh, very good-looking woman. She is very good-looking. <laughs> Except, you know, it's like, it, she's one of those that, uh, you know, you kind of, like, fawn over her. Like, she's so good-looking or whatever. And then the last time that I met her... A couple of people ahead of me, she was talking about how she was trying to have kids with her husband. And I was like, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, even as a, even, you know, looking as like a celebrity crush, you know, uh, where you know it's fantasy, like, you know, it's, it's probably not going to happen, <laughs> but you're allowed to have this like celebrity crush. Yeah. If I had anything like that with Danielle Harris, it was just like shot to hell when I heard her talking about that. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just like stop, you know, thinking about how hot you are. And just yeah. Appreciate you as an actress. 
And a mom. And a mom. Yeah. Hopefully one day. Yep. Uh, I feel like I had something on... Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger wearing a Texas Chainsaw. That's right. That's what I was going to say. Speaking of Zellweger earlier. Mm -hmm. In her plastic surgery face. Now she looks like Leatherface. (laughs) (laughs) I, I haven't seen that one. It's... Texas Chainsaw, The Next Generation or something. Yeah. It's like a Star Trek movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. like Texas Chainsaw in space. It worked out for Jason, so. Well, someone argue with you that it worked out for I him. love Jason X. <laughs> I, I you think, can't even shit on Jason I X. think that's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's so fun. Well, yeah, I will say it's it was like... I don't know. I could sit down and watch it and have a good time. Oh, yeah. But if I'm comparing it, like, if I'm comparing the integrity of Jason X to, like, the original Friday the 13th. Yeah. Well, part two, because Jason's on it first. Okay, yes. Well, just as movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the integrity of the films in this franchise, I don't think there's much integrity left (laughs) by the time you take... Your fill, your I space. don't know. I think Jason Takes Manhattan is the low point of the series. The low point? Really? Yeah, takes Manhattan. Yeah. I, I don't know if it. I think that's worse. I hated Takes Manhattan. I love 9 and 10. Um, let me see. What what happened in 9? Is that... Uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, with Freddy's Claw at the end. And the Necronomicon is in that movie. For a brief, that. yeah, for a brief second, it's like right, it's right before that kind of final sequence. Yeah, uh, the one main character, the guy with the glasses, is going through uh, this house. I think they think it's Jason's house or something like that, and uh, he's like messing with things on a table, and he picks up this book, and it's the Necronomicon from Evil Dead. Hmm. I was like, Speaking of Evil Dead. Yeah, I was so pumped the other day because I finally found a copy of the new Evil Dead on Blu-ray. Oh, yeah, you, you hadn't found it or anything? No, no. Like I and I know I could have ordered it at right. any point, but I was I was trying to have that experience where I'm out uh-huh. looking through all of the used DVDs, and I finally did have that experience the other day when I was at Second and Charles. Oh, really? I found it, and I awesome. I picked up. The new Evil Dead, and I also picked up the original because I never rebought it on Blu-ray. And uh, what else did I get? They had a buy three get one free on Blu-rays and DVDs, which I felt like taking advantage of. Vivax was doing that today too, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like I'm about to walk out here with four movies, and then, and then you didn't. Couldn't pull the trigger. I need a new hose for my hookah, so I think uh, that'll be money better well spent. Better well, like I'm. <laughs> Three beers in, guys. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, but I also got Pacific Rim on Blu-ray. Okay. I haven't seen Pacific Rim. I oh, really? Seen, no, I haven't seen it. Oh, damn, man. I know. Dude, you should watch that. Giant soon. monster movie. Yeah. And what else did I get? Oh, and I also bought uh, Weird Science <laughs> on Blu-ray <laughs> for fun. Yeah. And I picked up that artist... Proof of witches? Uh, no, of Outcast. Of Outcast? Yes. Nice. Yeah. So that's pretty neat. That is. And then also the newest issue of Outcast came out this week. So I got that. 20... Just, 20? Yeah. I, 
I didn't I didn't buy it at nostalgia, but I have it. And in case you're wondering, I was going back through because Jess and I watched the Outcast first season, and I've been showing her stuff from the comic where I'm like, "Hey, remember this? This is different here. Look, look at this. Look at this page. Remember this from the show?" Yeah. Like, getting overly excited about stuff, you know. It's really cool. But uh, but I found out that I guess um, season one of Outcast, the TV show, ends at the. Uh, I guess would be the end of issue number eight in the comics. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good because normally comics work in six issue arcs. Mm-hmm. Normally. I think Outcast is, they haven't really like cut an arc. They're, they've been pretty consistent with their story. Well, they they have mentioned like wrapping up a particular story like in the the letters uh-huh. from the back of the book. They're like, well, that does it for this this. Story yeah, or get ready for the next one, you know. Right, but, but I haven't. It doesn't seem. It doesn't like really it's feel been, that way. No, like sometimes when you're reading comics, even especially even like saga, um, you know, you get to, you get to that sixth issue, and the the end is like a hard, like boom, whatever happened. Not the hard beginning, but a hard. No, it's ending. a hard ending. You know, where they just like jizz all over your perception of what you thought was going to happen. But, yes, a lot of times, especially with Saga taking the three-month break every six issues, that last issue, and normally that last page, is just like, boom! Like, this is a huge twist. Like, what's going to happen next? Wait three months to find out. Yeah. Um, but I think Outcast is one of those, is is unique in the sense that even though they are wrapping up stories, you know, or whatever, it still feels like a very progressive narrative where you're not you're not getting that okay, they they definitely, definitely resolved this issue. Now we're gonna start something brand new for the next couple issues. It's more like the arc ends with a new question. Yes. That's going to be addressed and resolved in right. the next arc. And I know that that's Outcast isn't the only comic that no, does that, but but I understand what you mean. It's one of the only ones that I read that does that. Yeah, I think that in superhero comics you can feel that that hard cut, that hard ending. A it's lot just, more, as soon as they as soon as they defeat or put in jail like whatever bad guy they were facing. Yeah, then it's really like a yeah, it's really a hard stop. Then and, the next arc usually picks up with like. Oh, it's peaceful times. Right. Then something I go on a date with so-and-so and so-and-so. And And then something bad happens and it leads into the new story. But yeah, with Outcast, it's more like this shit is just a thread continuing on and on. And, you know, you're going to have more questions all the time. Yeah, it's really good. You know, I, I, I never gave... I didn't give Walking Dead a, a huge chance, partially because it's so far gone. And I know, like, as and a, you don't like the black and white, right? I really don't. It it really gets to me. I mean, even I have. What if I color in the compendium? <laughs> the whole page by page, yeah. just color it. Uh, you know, like yeah, I have the I have the full complete collection hardcover of the Sin City series, and. Uh, Love that the movie is black and white. Can't fucking stand that the comic is black and white. Like See, I don't I know what it. it is. I 
but I never read the 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 books that were, I guess, the basis for the second Sin City movie. Oh, I, Don't Be Killed For. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I could let you borrow the, the big damn Sin City. For some reason, it seemed like the first movie was so revolutionary, and the second one came out, and like, no one really talked about it or gave a shit. It was not bad, though. It's just it wasn't as strong yeah. as the first film. But... Yeah, no, you're right. Walking Dead, I never really gave it a chance because the black and white just, like, kills it for me. Although, yeah. But, uh, Kirkman as a writer, like, I never really, I never experienced it until I read Outcast, and he is just fantastic. Like, I was talking of writers here, um, that the Transformers G.I. Joe comic I've been talking about. Yeah. I finished it a few nights ago. Like, the comic is the whole whole series is over. Yeah, it went one through thirteen. Oh, that's kind of a bummer. Don't yeah, you hate that? I do, but I don't think it was set up to be more than that. They had the idea in mind of what right. they were going to do. It was a almost a mini series. Yeah, a little bit longer than that, but in the, in the series. yeah, in the last the last issue was like double sized or whatever, oh, so okay. it got a little well, more. And and part of the reason why it took me a while to read it is because at the end of each issue they have like three pages of uh commentary between the two writers where they go panel by panel or page by page rather uh-huh. and explain what's on that page and like give you more details almost like a commentary track for the comic so it gave like another component to it where you get really into the comic it's like oh this is really cool and then you get to the back of it, and you like have page one, and they've got their commentary on it. So you flip back and forth, reading like what they had to say and looking at it again. And you're like picking things out. Yeah. But anyway, the uh, the ending to that comic, like the last several pages, just it was so awesome. I literally was like smiling the whole time. It was like this is fucking cool, just amazing. Um. Just the art style, that '80s feel. I don't know how you feel about like classic comics the way they look. Like Some Kirby, people like might Jack be Kirby and yeah, like John Romita and stuff. Yeah, like Kirby is a huge ins- inspiration to uh, Tom Scioli, who did this comic. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I understand how some people can be turned off by it, but the tone of this thing and the fact that it is 2016 and not like 1950 or 60. I don't know. It was just really, really awesome. I would put this story and uh, this comic series in my top five easily. Yeah. Possibly, possibly higher than that. Bold words. Yeah. But I finished it. The ending to it was so amazing. Really? Like, I really hope you'll read it sometime. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, for sure. Just, uh, even if you weren't like a huge Transformers or GI Joe guy, if you read the if you read the comics and then you read the commentary, you're so much more invested because there's a lot of backstory given in that uh, commentary part, you know, and you become more uh, attuned to what these characters are about, you know, right. what their history is because the GI Joe comics go back to like the 70s, and Transformers comics have been. Uh, going since like the 80s so pretty cool stuff I uh, give it my highest recommendation
Uh, I've been reading. Well, I feel like we're getting into super fanatics territory. Yeah, I feel like we are. But you know, we didn't have a plan for today, and it hasn't super fanatics hasn't, hasn't yeah, started we yet. We haven't started so. super fanatics yet, so I guess you can kind of consider this a small preview mm-hmm. to what you might expect from super fanatics. But I've been reading this comic called Snot Girl. I've seen that. Yeah, when I've been at the uh, various shops, I uh, there's only two issues, you know, and it's it's so interesting because. It's like it's like reading a comic that is based in the real world. So, you know, ignoring all the fantasy and superhero comics and whatever. But it's like reading a comic that I know absolutely nothing about the world that it's set in. As in, she's a fashion blogger. You know, the main character is a fashion blogger. And she just, like, hangs out with her friends and gets coffee. And, like, they talk about modeling and lot and all this stuff so it's kind of like it's like being thrown into this world of fashion that i'm not you know kind of used to but yet i'm reading a comic that's based on all of that stuff and it's it's very interesting the first issue took a turn that i did not expect at all which was really cool and uh the second issue is you know kind of coming up and giving it some giving it a very distinct personality Mm. It's drawn really well. The characters are designed really well. I feel like that's kind of my experience with Gem. In the Holograms? Yeah. Gem in the Holograms comic based off the 80s uh, cartoon show. Which was done, I found out, by I think the same uh, like the same animation studio that did the Transformers cartoon okay. in the 80s. So it's got that vibe to it. But the new comic is much different. And it, but it keeps a lot of the attitude of the uh, the 80s cartoon, which I've been watching. It's on Netflix. Check it out because it's really fun. And um, But yeah, you know, it's like this comic and I know that they say, well, there is no, there's no necessarily, there's not necessarily like a, an age range or an audience that this comic is for, so to speak. But it's like, Gem and holograms like bright pink and you know it's yeah. very girly historically it would be considered girly but I, I I think almost every issue reading the comments in the back you know in the letters section it'll be there's at least one from someone who's like hey I'm a 30 year old man you know and I love this comic book you know yeah. but it's it's like uh you get a glimpse into a different uh a different life, I guess, stuff you're not accustomed to, mm-hmm. how these girls are talking to each other and the uh, turmoil that ensues and all that kind of stuff. You it's know, lot, it was a lot like how I felt when I read Archie number one after they re-released it and uh, Fiona Staples did the art for a couple yeah, of issues. I picked up, I think the first one at least. Yeah, same same year. I got, I got the first one at least, and it was like reading an MTV show, yeah, like a comic book. You know. It was, it was interesting because when you're so used to reading something epic and or intelligent, I mean, like it for me, it's like I read not many superhero comics, but the ones that you know, I read a couple, and then other than that, it's like Saga, which is very not superheroes, but it's very space opera, very Star Warsy, and then like you know, The Wicked and Divine, which is kind of intelligent in the fact that it's talking about the resurrection of gods and all that kind of stuff. And then, 
Nowhere Men, which is extremely scientific, and you know, so it's 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 interesting to get that where you've got like almost like a tween vibe to it. Yeah, you know, a comic like that. That's what that's what Snot Girl is like. And but if it can still be entertaining to you, yeah, then they're really pulling it off well. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a target audience, but I think it's I think it speaks volumes to the quality of whatever the publication is, the book, the comic, the video game. If you end up bringing people in that are way outside of your target audience, you know, if they're drawn to it as well. That's yeah, a sign. You know, that's when you know you're really hitting the mark. Yeah. Which is I hope what we do with our music, hopefully. Talk about our band yeah. for a second. Yeah, I I'm I'm excited to get music going. I've just been I still you know I don't really know what's gonna happen when we sit down to start writing, but I'm not hesitant or anything. You know what I mean? Like I'm no matter what, like I'm very excited to just sit behind the drums and just like, all right, let's here we go. Yeah, let's let's try this. You know. And uh, I'm excited. I think we're probably going to release kind of like a almost. I guess you could almost say like a test album. Like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put a lot of effort into it. It's gonna right. sound very nice. We're gonna you know, but which we haven't even talked about. I we this mentioned is probably the first. Well, we mentioned the release date. Well, for that. For the next one. Oh, for the next one. Like the one we do with Josh oh. next summer. Yeah, the one we do with Josh next summer. Oh, so you want yeah. to do a test album before that? Yes. Oh. That's so what this is the first we're talking about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, you know... The whole reset button idea. Right, right. So I had, I had this idea for our first album of this new era to just call it like reset button or something like that where it's... Uh, we're making it known this is something new you know it's like it's uh yeah it's just, we're the same band it's super divorced but it's changed drastically yeah. and so if we can do something sooner rather than later to get that out there i think that would be really cool yeah so that way people don't have to wait over a year from now to get uh, just a taste of what our music's going to be like because right, we can right. talk about it but it's like until you hear something it's, it's kind of tough to conceptualize exactly what you mean by saying well we're going to do a little 80s pop uh, you know synth kind of stuff and it's like well how much are you going to do you know I don't even know exactly what it's going to sound like yet and neither do you which is kind of the no. fun thing about it but yeah it'll, it's going to be you know when we sit down and start doing it that's how it's going to Turn out, you know, and I don't, I don't, also, I don't want you guys to think we're gonna release like an EP. No, I mean, I'm not, it's gonna, not gonna be an EP. I'm not gonna promise you a full length. I think we can promise a full length. You think we can promise a full length, a full length, like quote unquote demo album? I wouldn't even call it a demo. We'll just say that it'll be our first album, or as a new as of the new era. New era, yeah. And the second one, we'll because be. we're gonna have so much more help with it yeah i think it'll just i don't intend for the first one to be bad by any means no or else we wouldn't bother doing it but no. i think the 
step up is going to be insane. Right. No, you know, but I, but I think, you know, we're going to do a first album and it is, it really is going to be kind of a test for us yeah. because this is a whole new dynamic that neither of us have ever experienced before where it's just the two of us and, you know, it's just a drummer and a multi-instrumentalist now. Yeah. So we, we we do need a minute to just kind of figure out what, it, what it's going to sound like, how it's going to go, whatever. And you're right. I don't want to say that the second album is going to be infinitely better because, but because we're going to give both albums our all. But we're going to release something that we're going to put a lot of effort into, but you could also consider sort of a stepping stone to... Yeah a definite version of us. Yeah. It won't be released with like demo album in parentheses no. next to the title. No. It'll just be like, here's our new album. Yeah. This is what we're doing right now. So it, it'll be a much better idea of where we're headed than us just like continuing telling to, you what we're going to do. Yeah. Or continuing to push, wish you the best. And getting people to listen to it when what we're doing in the future is going to sound absolutely nothing like that. So that's, I think, what got that idea brewing is like, we have this album. I'm not like, you know, I'm not ashamed of it by any means. Not, I'm still yeah, proud of it. All. But it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense to continue getting people to try it or trying to get people to listen to it because the follow up is going to be so so different yeah if we did get fans based off that album a lot of them would probably be very confused by what happens next yeah so so i don't know stick around hopefully hopefully we'll have something for you in a couple months yeah you know we you know to be to be full on honest you know we haven't sat down and started writing yet but I've been tinkering. Well, I've, I've got ideas. Yeah, that Nick, I've Nick has been tinkering a lot, but Nick has also been putting in a lot of effort into learning new instruments. Yeah, and, uh, and getting all this shit going. You know, yeah, and, just just picking it all up. I know? mean, for instance, not to it's not a sob story, but just to to tell you like what what's involved. I mean, there were like it was almost like three days in my office where I was doing nothing but like trying to to figure out the setup for getting like old game systems to stream on my computer. Yeah. And you know, I ended up uh like a I have my video capture card, you know, that I have to go into to pull the stuff from the old game systems. Uh-huh. And I was like I spent hours and hours trying to figure out why it wasn't working. When I would turn the the TV on and the game system on, all I was getting was like no signal on uh-huh. my on my video capture screen on the computer. And after like two days of messing with it, I finally figured out that my capture card requires me to be upgraded to Windows 10 because of the type of USB input I have on the back of my computer. It's like stuff that you never just... Right. Oh, maybe it's this. It's like <laughs> finally after like two days of troubleshooting, it's like that's, that, that's the fucking problem. And then that still wasn't even the full thing. It's, it's like I was trying to stream uh, my Super Nintendo, and I found out that the capture card will only capture game systems that output 
at least 480, uh, 480i uh -huh. resolution, which starts with like the PS2 and the original Xbox. Okay. So I had to order another capture card to get the super old game systems. And that's like an older capture card that I can't use to capture new game systems. So uh, right. I could go on and on, but it's just like so much time goes into all the stuff that we're trying to do here. And, you know, we're, we're going to do the Super Fanatics show that we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, we're going to do Super Scary. Mm -hmm. And we've got Super Tokens and, you know, the Super Cast. So, and the idea is to make all this, like, available at, all the time. You right. Know? So we constantly have stuff coming out for people so we're not just another band who throws an album out once every two years and expects people to remember us, you right. know? So... So with all that that's been going on, you know, we talked about it a couple, maybe our first podcast back, just you and I, you know, where we gave everybody uh, an update on what's going on. But we've, you know, we've really been working hard to to get things out, and Nick especially. So the music for now has just taken a slight back seat because we needed a lot of time to work out new instruments and work out where we want to go but hopefully i i assume that here pretty soon we're gonna we're gonna sit down and we're gonna start start recording new things start writing new things and we're both very very excited about it absolutely it's gonna be awesome yeah can't wait and i think that's a good spot to end for this week so Thank you for uh, listening. I feel like this was, yeah, it was kind of a long episode. Extra long episode. Well, it felt good though. Yeah. I mean, this is what happens when we just like shoot the shit. Yeah. If you ever wanted to know what Nick and I talk about when we're just talking and not on the podcast, this is what it is. Yeah. That's kind of the idea of the show. Literally just, just hang us hanging out. So we're... It's kind of, that's what the show is really it's inviting people to hang out yeah so come hang out with us all that stuff we mentioned all those cool things look it all up enrich your life yeah it'll do that it will horror movies and comic books <laughs> and soon we're gonna have we're gonna be talking about uh haunted trails and haunted houses oh god yeah it's very close man you know i only went to one haunted attraction last year i because I, I, I've never, I don't know, I've never made the effort to go out to them. So I went to one last year, but this year, if you're down, man, we're going oh, yeah. all over the place. I'm I'm so excited about that. And they do a haunted house at the uh, the penitentiary, the old one, where yeah. Jess just did that, uh, the, that uh, convention mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, where they filmed Shawshank Redemption. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, but it's they do a haunted walk through there every year, and that man, it felt like a haunted house just walking in through the gates. You know, I can't imagine how cool it'll be in in October to go Let's there. Let's do it. Yeah, Let's fucking do it. And we're gonna be talking about that stuff too. So we love scary things. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's it for this week, and we'll hopefully see you guys back here next week. Yep. We'll catch you. Catch you. Adios.
some other show in the back. Yeah. Nick and I just recorded the intro a second ago. And, you know, I know you guys heard because you already listened. But at the end, when we said enjoy the show at the same time, it was like magical. It was. For real. We we two sweeted each other right Totally after. unplanned. It just happened. It was amazing. Sometimes you just have that kind of magic. Yeah. Sometimes we're just in second. We're on point all the time. Um, I hope you enjoyed our double size, monster size, magnum size, giant size episode. That's, that's a super horse, super cast. What uh, what's the episode today? What number is it? Is it twenty five? Twenty five. That's that's a double sized issue right yeah, there. Yeah, twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah, it's a little bit of a little bit of a milestone for a super divorce here. It is. So that was totally worth it. Especially looking back when you're like, damn, that that whole thing could have ended at like 22. Yeah, it could have. <laughs> and it didn't. No, because we're way too sweet for that. Way too sweet. And, um, you know, next week we'll have another and uh, a different type of beer that we're going to be drinking. So and different kind of cons we're going to be talking about. Yeah. So, so be sure to, in the meantime, be sure to check out Nick on Super Tokens every Monday and Thursday at midnight on Twitch. Uh, you know, we're still working on getting Super Fanatics and Super Scary up for you guys. But, but we will. We will. We're going to do that. Super Scary needs to, to go into production and be airing, I would say, by, at the very latest, the second week of September. Yeah. Because we don't want to be hard. No. We just need to find the movies and talk about them. And we, we do not want to miss the Halloween season. Yeah, exactly. So, so expect Super Scary here in the next couple weeks. Super Fanatics. Super Fanatics we're putting a lot of extra effort, extra effort into because we're setting it up in a certain way. Yeah. Surprise on that. Yeah. So, you know, hold off on that one a little longer, but you'll get your comic book show, people. You Relax. will. Calm Relax. down. Jesus. God. Stop blowing up my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but be sure to check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, apps for podcasts, and also superdivorceme.com. And soon I'll be putting uh, the I'll be putting this show on YouTube as well. And we're gonna be on YouTube. We're just we you, you literally like we said in the intro, you can't get away from us. That's so right. fuck you. <laughs> Fuck off. Until next time. Yep. See you next Tuesday. Bye bye. Super divorce.